Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the programme dedicated to celebrating arts on the island. I'm Michelle James. From films to music, graphic design to fashion, theatre to art, I'm here to showcase our island's creative community. On today's programme, Shakespeare and seascape art. I went down to the south last week to attend the official launch of Claire Payne and Nathan Cardi's joint art exhibition. The atmosphere was electric, and as I'm sure you'll be able to tell, everyone attending the event loved taking the pieces in on show. Yeah, it's the opening night tonight and quite a few people have turned out and it's, yeah, it's quite exciting. It's amazing and the theme that, that, that comes across to me is, is seascape, is the natural kind of environment that we're surrounded by. I kind of finished A-levels and I did my A-level course on seascape, seascape art and so I got in contact and just seen if there was anything, any opportunities available and this came about and so we just went with it and it, it's happened now and it's really 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 cool this is the first exhibition i've been a part of personally with multiple works up i've spoken to claire and hopefully um in the future we can do a few more exhibitions together and is this going to be running for a long period of time and what's the plan um yeah so this will be open until the first of december i believe um so just over a month um so if you get a chance pop down a lot of hard work's gone into it claire's an extremely talented artist as well so yeah i'm very privileged to to be a part of something like this. Yeah. And how would you describe your work, particularly the stuff that we're, that we're seeing in the exhibition tonight? Yeah, it's a very abstract sort of seascape theme. Um, I'm not a very realistic sort of artist. I go a bit freestyle when I, when I do my work. Whatever really comes to mind, I just experiment with things and hope they, hope they turn out well. Living on the Isle of Man, basically, uh-huh. and just being surrounded by the seaside, the Irish Sea, it's... Uh, Go down Port Erin a lot and Port Erin Castletown and just seeing a lot of water. It's um, yeah, it, get, it gets you. So uh, I just thought I'd express what I'd been seeing and on on canvas and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't know what always springs to mind. Are you a morning? Are you a night kind of artist? Is there a is there a time of day that is like your time? Usually in the evening after really? after I get home from work. Yeah, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't get the opportunity to do it um, a lot. So if I've got a free evening or like a Sunday at the weekend, yeah, I'll. Yeah. I'll just uh, get a canvas out and just whack a bit of paint on there and just see where it goes, basically. Just whack it on. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Have you got space in your where you, where you create? Is there somewhere that kind of inspires you, where you are set up? Set up in my mum's garage at the moment. Beautiful. Yeah, very, very, very <laughs> humble. Um, I started in, well, I did a few bits in my bedroom and then got mum to move the old car out of the garage and um, I've set up all my stuff in there now, so. Amazing. Well done. Absolutely beautiful work. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. If you would like to find out more about Nathan Cardi, you can visit his Instagram page, instagram.com forward slash Nathan underscore Cardi underscore art. And as Nathan mentioned, his art is side by side with Claire Payne, whose work similarly celebrates the island's seascapes. I asked Claire how the idea to showcase their work in a joint exhibition came about. 
We decided that we would make use of this really lovely space they've got here in, at Artie in Port Erin. And uh, Nathan and I, we met at um, an exhibition in Douglas and we realised that we had a sort of similar theme and a similar passion for seascapes, but that our work and our style was different enough that it sort of complemented each other without overlapping. Um, and we thought it would work well as a, as a joint exhibition and that's why we're here. They're almost entirely seascapes, um, some very abstract and some more sort of true to life, um, mostly in acrylic and oil, and then there's also some, some watercolour works as well. Uh, the watercolours are inspired by um, sort of a psychologist's ink blot, um, where you sort of see what, what you want to see, um, but they're actually all topographically accurate coastlines of the Isle of Man, so that was a sort of a theme that I was going with there. And then the majority of the seascapes that I paint are in oils, um, and they're mostly on uh, reclaimed timber, so a lot of it I find um, washed up on the beach and, and cut down to uh, sort of geometric uh, shapes. Um, there's also a couple, of the the, um, the rip curl over there, that one is a, a painted on the bottom of a drawer. So there's a lot of reclaimed and repurposed materials that I'm, I'm using here. How do you start off your creative process? I spend a lot of time, <laughs> um, probably a slightly obsessive amount of time, watching the sea. Um, the Isle of Man has so many different coastlines that we can we can go and observe different um, different sets of waves and different states of the sea. And obviously, it changes every time there's different weather. My children will testify that I spend a lot of time dragging them to beaches to look at the sea, and and I capture. I've probably got several hundred hours of footage <laughs> of of waves, just breaking waves, cresting waves, crashing waves, um, and that's what I use mostly as my inspiration. How do you then bring brush to paint and start working the way that you do so I normally have a sort of a concept in mind obviously inspired by the the the, the footage or the, the waves themselves um, and it actually for me it starts more with the color palette so I'll start to mix the colors and then from there I'll be able to decide where I want to place um, the, the highlights and the shadows and then the, the sort of the image sort of evolves from there but most of the works that I have here um, are created over several weeks so it's layer upon layer of hues and tones until I get the, the sort of the image that I'm aiming for. I mean, I, um, I have to say I have the utmost respect for Nathan because I think creating an abstract painting is actually far more difficult than just replicating what you see. And having that imagination that he has in order to create something that is obviously inspired by and, and uh, influenced by what he's seeing but is a completely abstract version, I uh -huh. think is far more clever than what I'm, I'm producing. <laughs> but when I do put sort of paint to wood I um, quite often I have a concept in mind but almost invariably it ends up being something else you know it sort of evolves from what I've initially set out to create into to what it what it becomes and I think that's quite quite tied into the to the theme itself because you know, the, the waves are constantly sort of in motion. It's a very dynamic um, subject. And I think that's sort of mirrored in the process because I start out with an idea of, of, of what it might look like, but it sort of evolves as I create it. And the, and the, 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 um, the spray and, the, and the, the shadows and the highlights fall where they, they seem to be comfortable. And so it, it often evolves into something that isn't quite what I intended to create, but I think that's part of the process.
Would you have any tips for anyone who might be listening who thinks, oh, do you know what, I, I used to love painting, I, I've not painted in a long time. How do you start? Definitely, I think with having, I mean, I had sort of 15 years uh, solely within the, the photography industry, and I definitely think that that has influenced my work massively because it's given me a real sort of understanding but also appreciation for light, you know, the, the quality of the light, the direction of the light, and that definitely, I think, reflects in, in my work. Um, but I think anybody who um, has a, an eye for, for art and, you know, a passion for, for something as strongly as I do, obviously in my case it's, it's sea and the waves, but I would definitely say to, to experiment, experiment with your media, experiment with your brushes, experiment with your surfaces, um, and, uh, you know, by all means, the, the things that you can, you can create are just... The, you know the opportunities are infinite if I spend too much time in the preparation stage I can you know I could never get started uh-huh. get that paint out and get that get something down on the surface and let it evolve from there that's definitely the, the way I would would start beautiful and you know what I thought was absolutely lovely about tonight is we've just had the most glorious sky and sunset in Port Erin and actually the the space that we're in tonight you can see kind of directly out onto that. I presume you must have seen that, that setting, that landscape. Do you ever get bored of it? I've been lucky enough to live on the island for 20 years now and the sunset I photographed the night before last was one I've never seen before which you wouldn't you wouldn't expect because having been here for so long you'd think you know you've seen everything that that Port Erin and um, has to offer and that was just the most beautiful beautiful sunset and we're really fortunate that the the exhibition space here at Arty completely overlooks that sunset so I mean we couldn't have timed it more perfectly because the lighting has just been beautiful but we've been treated to almost a you know a a full, a full vista of the of the sunset just outside the gallery. So it's just a, it's the most wonderful space, and it's it's definitely a real benefit to Port Erin. How can people come along, see see your work, see Nathan's work, and be part of the the journey? The exhibition here is open until the first of December, uh, so our works will be available for the next few weeks. We're right opposite Shoprite in Port Erin, so it's very easily accessible. It's very, um, it's a great venue to come to, and they have multiple workshops and our opportunities and in fact you can even come along and for just five pounds rent your own easel and have a go with the with the inspiration on the walls so it's it's definitely definitely worth a visit you can get in touch with claire by searching claire Payne art and the exhibition is available to visit until the first of december haven't heard about arty i found out more about the space from ori kerr we're in Artie in port erin which is quite easy to spot it's opposite Shoprite in port erin but what it used to be was so it sat empty for a couple of years and we noticed the space a few months back and we thought, what does Port Erin need? And we thought, hey, it's sort of a space where creatives and other people can come together and sort of showcase their work, whether it be traditional paintings and other bits and pieces like that. Is it a community hub? Is it a creative space? How can we describe it? I'd say, yeah, you've described it pretty well there. <laughs> sort of a fluid community space that is very much open doors, open policy. Anyone can come in with any sort of idea that they fancy, whether it be you know writing workshops, candle making, we've had that this week. It is entirely focused on what does the community, not just Port Erin, but anyone in the South or anyone island-wide, need a space for, whether it's something formal or something informal, something, you know, that 
the community really needs to bring some sort of you know space that people can use that is low pressure, low key. Do we have to pay for the space? Can we? How does that work? So the space is entirely free to use. Very much the case that we do not want to put any kind of barrier between people wanting to use a space creatively. Particularly with the artists that, when we host an exhibition here, they don't pay a single thing to have their art pieces put up in here, so as to not put any kind of financial barrier between people. Say they've just got out of art college, or they've been doing something at home for thirty years or so, and they're like, "Hey, I'd like to actually showcase this." And then, if you're actually wanting to use the space itself, provided you're using the space, we do not mind. We'd like you to come and use the space because there's a real lack of that kind of community center that people can use these days and we want to kind of bring that kind of idea back how long has this, this space been up and running so we've had it going now since the second week of july so and this is now the third exhibition we've had set up so sort of in six seven week segments and just sort of through that we're still learning how to do this this is the first time we've run an art gallery we didn't really know what we were getting in for we have various people come in, whether they're like art teachers and that sort of thing, come and sort of recommend us people, like steer us in these directions. We want to listen to the community as much as we want to provide for the community in that sort of space and have it be evolving in how we operate it as well, not just in how people sort of use it. If people want to come in and maybe work or create art here or, you know, have a, have a tea, have a socialise, can you just pop in? Absolutely, you can just pop in. It's not sort of, there's no pressure to come in and buy anything. There's no pressure to feel that, oh, I'm entering a cafe kind of environment. I should probably sit down and have something. Absolutely not. You can come in and use the space to whatever extent you want to use it. Whether that just sort of be in those around the art gallery, whether you want to come in and pop your laptop out, plug it in at the wall and sit there for a few hours with a cuppa and some snacks and just crack on. It's very much no pressure. We're not going to bother you. We'll just let you crack on. If you need some space away from home, which you might do after the past 18 months or so, this is the place to do it. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. From seascapes to Shakespeare, Paradox Theatre Company is a brand new company on Ireland, soon to be producing its debut production, Much Ado About Nothing. I spoke to co-founders Alex Armstrong and Charlie Williams about how the idea of a theatre company came about. The idea is that we wanted to do a bit more classic theatre, didn't we, really? Um, Alex and I come from different backgrounds. We both have experience in the theatre on the island. Um, I from on the stage and larking about, and then Alex from the more serious and technical side, um, backstage and producing and stage managing shows. And we've been friends since we were children and we were in a pub one day I think I just said I'd like to start a theatre company randomly and Alex just went I would also like to do this and so the kind of the idea germinated and, and it snowballed and um, we thought well we know we can seriously do this and Paradox Theatre Company was born the sort of straight classic plays um, there seems to be an audience willing to go and watch them but nobody putting them on so we went and did a bit of bit of market research we went and spoke to some people and said you know hypothetically if we were to, to look at doing this would you be interested in uh, being involved in it as a cast member or, or coming and watching and uh, everybody we spoke to said yes um, so at that point we kind of felt obliged to obliged to do it <laughs> and what makes paradox different i think the main thing from us is we're trying to build a, a company that just focuses on different things there's lots of great companies on the isle of man and they all have their own individual sort of areas that they that they focus on we think that, that the straight plays have there's not been enough of them being produced despite that audience 
um, we're starting off with with something Shakespearean. There's been a bit of a lack of Shakespeare in the island for the ca- past couple of years. But I think as a, as a little team, we're all very, very much involved. The, the cast are going to be very involved in the entire process and putting forward their ideas. And how did you land on Shakespeare to begin with? Whose idea was it to uh, tackle Willie S? I think it was mine, wasn't <laughs> yes, it? Um, <laughs> um, I've always, I've always been partial to a little bit, a little bit of Shakespeare um, with with my tea in the morning. We see some great groups come over from the UK and do productions of Shakespeare on the island. From doing a couple of productions with with various groups, I'd said, well, you know, is, would anyone like to do it? And some of the societies were like, oh yes, we, you know, we've thought about it. But and then sometimes, you know, excuses were given of either, oh, we haven't, you know, we're focusing on other things, or there's not really the talent, which I didn't really agree with. But or there's, you know, we're not sure about the audiences and things like that. Um, and I think it was one of those where we thought, well, Alex and I starting from kind of fresh and not having real ties to anything or anyone had the opportunity to grasp something like Shakespeare and say well this is what we're doing you know we're going to do it we're going to do it properly we're going to really focus in on it you know we're not trying to be ridiculous from the beginning and saying we're going to fill the gaiety you know for three weeks and do all of these shows and um, that would be lovely if we can but I don't think so. I don't think that's likely and um, at the beginning so we thought well we'll do it in a space that we can control you know we'll do it with a with a team of people that we know are really really good and who each individually have, whilst they're associated with other things, have all, when we've spoken to them, you know, everybody who we've got involved with the cast and the crew, you know, I liked the idea of doing Shakespeare and wanted the opportunity to do it, but they all come from different backgrounds and different areas and different societies, and so we thought, well, we can be that melting pot, so to speak, to give people this chance and to um, really grasp the nettle and give it a go. Ultimately, it's something that, that we both enjoy and that mm. we like, and that's that's the reason for doing it. Um, we thought, well, we would love to do a Shakespeare, so no one else is doing it, let's go and do it ourselves. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's still a, a bit of feeling amongst certain actors that Shakespeare, it can be quite a, a challenge for them. Um, and it's a real good opportunity for them to sort of hone their acting abilities and skills and take on this new challenge, which is something that they might not have, have done in the past. And so I think it's a great opportunity mm. for, for people to... Yeah, to dip the toe in the water and see if it's for them. And Shakespeare can be performed in so many different ways Mm. and, you know, however many years we've been performing Shakespeare. What will your style be? Well, we're going to go for quite a classic style Um, and the reason for that is, you know, if you go over to Stratford-upon-Avon or London and see the RSC doing something, they've done, you know, I went over recently and saw a couple of well, last year and saw King John in Stratford and they it was set in the it was kind of a 60s-esque sort of flavour it was exactly the same play and it was the same setting and time but they were all in kind of 60s costume and 60s music was playing and it was really good it was really well done but the problem is is to do something really quirky you have to have an idea of the original and you have to have an idea of kind of where it's come from and, and what and what and we wanted to go let's not go suddenly completely random with it or do something really crazy right from the get-go because you know, number one, we want to start getting to grips with things, and number two, I think to give Manx audiences that leading because it's not put on very often here. They they probably want to see the classic. You know, they want to see ones that they know from the films, or the type the type of thing. You know, they want to see the Shakespeare that they have in their head before we go. Okay, we're now going to do it in this style or this way. And it's not that anything's wrong with doing it that way. And we may well in the future want to do something with a bit of a difference. But we thought, you know, to, to we're starting a new company from scratch. Let's just do it in the classic style. Let's do it the way you know people probably hopefully want to see it and are thinking about it um and then we can 
you know, with the next one or future productions, look at doing different variations on a theme. And what if you're an audience member, you've never seen any Shakespeare before, you didn't really like it at school, <laughs> you know, Shakespeare's just not your bag. Can you convince them? I think that I always think Shakespeare at school is 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 one of the worst reference points that you can have because it shouldn't be read. You know, you know, I remember at school where you sat there and the teacher would go, right, you're playing this person, you're playing this person, and then you just sat there and go, oh, you know, you want to go to lunch and you just read through it, going, I don't understand what any of these words mean. I can't read this. I don't like having. To, and then they go, what are the specific themes that you know Beatrice is trying to? And you have to write a two thousand word essay on on the, the themes of that. And you go, that's great, and that's all wonderful if you're really into Shakespeare. But Shakespeare's just meant to be enjoyed. It's theatre at the end of the day. It's there's no difference between Shakespeare and any other play. He, you know, he wrote it at a time when it was a play. You know, he was just doing it because it was meant to entertain, and that's the whole point of it. And then if you if it's done well, Shakespeare is exactly the same as any other theatre. You know, if you don't overham it and think that it has to be said in a certain way or or do anything like that, it's whilst the words are different and they're from a previous time, a lot of them are very very similar, exactly the same, and it's also the same themes and the same emotions and the same matters that we deal with now. A lot of them are very pertinent. People refer to Shakespeare plays a lot of the time as comparators to modern life, and so I think that um, it, when you have an audience in the room and when you have actors who know the parts and do it really well it is one of the most enjoyable experiences that you can have because it's it the reason it's lasted so long is not because teachers have just gone this is interesting we'll just make children learn this and that'll keep it going for hundreds of years it's because it's great writing and it's because it's great theater and and that is what i would encourage people to come and see it for you know watch a shakespeare performance don't just think oh I, I, you know i read it at school and therefore i don't like it and I think one of the, the key things about this and why we started with Much Ado in particular, mm. uh, it is one of those that, that most people will have some familiarity with. They'll know the story or little yeah. bits of it. Um, and it is a comedy. Uh, so you can sit there in the audience and engage with it. And, and certain elements of it, again, will be are, are amusing. And they were amusing back in 1500s when it was written. And they're still amusing now uh, today. So mm. as Charlie says, it, it moves with the times really nicely. Yeah. And I think this still an awful lot that modern day audiences can can get and engage yeah and it's, um, it. it's got a little bit of everything in it as much to do as well it's, it's got a bit of romance you know it's got a bit of comedy and it's got a bit of villainy in there as well and there's a little bit of kind of like darker moments in there and, and, it, and it balances off really nicely for that reason you know it's not just um tragedy all the way through or it's not just you know and it's not a, a fantastically long show you know we're not starting with hamlet and you know, you have to sit there for five hours <laughs> and we're doing the whole version on a bridge and you know anything like that you know that's we're doing a nice length, you know, well-known um, and kind of enjoyable uh, one of accessible. Yeah, access, that's a good word. Accessible, I think, is a good one for for this as a first show. As you say, you're trying to encourage more people mm-hmm. to be involved in in different types of theatre on the island. How can people get involved? Definitely, I, I, and so I think the best way for people to reach out to us is either going to be through our social media channels or through our website. And there's a whole sort of contacting section mm-hmm. on there. Um, so everything is is at Paradox Theatre, so P-A-R-O-D-O-S. Um, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and everything else. Um, and I think the main point is we'd be delighted to, to hear from these people. And we're quite keen to, mm. to be working with uh, those who want to give things a go, whether that either be coming to us and saying, I actually want to help run your lighting, or it's mm. a case of I just want to find out a little bit more and can I come along for the day and just shadow and, and find out a little yeah. bit more. Um, it, it's it's going to be hopefully great to build these connections that for our next production um, uh, that we can then use these utilize those people for for that as well and get them get them more and more involved.
Yeah, exactly. And and for our first one, the the way that we were, it's difficult when you're a first new company, you can't really go, we're going to do massive auditions and do all of this and do all of that because you don't know. Nobody knows who you are. They don't know what's going on. So to start with, we went, well, let's kind of approach people or have them come to us and kind of have to chat and, and do all of that kind of thing. Um, but going forward, you know, we would really like to do kind of proper auditions and proper things, like, you know, because if and we have people come to us and say, oh, I'd be interested, I'd be interested. And we've gone, that's fantastic, because then for the next show, we know that we have that interest that we can then properly try and structure it and, and move it from that. And again, yeah. it's that this is our first stepping stone to hopefully um, long term success with with the company. And um, we would really like to start opening up more and more and more to people. So, yeah, get in contact and we will, you know, definitely keep you in mind for either this production or future ones. Much Ado About Nothing, the debut production from Paradox Theatre, will run from April the 7th to the 9th at King's Court Theatre. Tickets go on sale on November the 6th and can be purchased at paradoxtheatre.in. That's all from me on today's episode of Spotlight. Join me next week as we hear from some of our island's crafters as they head into the busiest time of the year. I would love to hear from all creatives on the island. If you'd like to be featured on Spotlight, get in touch with me at michellejames at manxradio.com and I'll be back next Wednesday evening. Until then, have a wonderfully creative rest of your week.